after further reveal. Yo, 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 what's going on, everyone? Episode 51 cracked out of episode 50, which just happened a few days ago. I'm kind of liking this multiple podcasts within a week. I feel like there's just so much always to talk about, and we can't always really dive into stuff or talk about as much as we want. So I'm excited to get back at it with you guys tonight. Let's get right into it. I mean, maybe we'll end with the duck race. You know, we've been we've been vibing oh. on those duck races. Oh, yeah. Oh, we were... <laughs> We went away over the weekend, and after after the show, we just had like fifteen minute duck races going while we were just hanging out, and yeah. you know it was it was a wild ride for sure. Fun. One second, <laughs> once two, which I'm really don't wish upon anyone to watch those. But oh yeah, we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk some Super Bowl preview. We gotta we gotta touch on that this Sunday. Obviously, is a big game, and then some NBA trade deadline, which is Thursday, I believe, right? Thursday. Thursday at three p.m. Eastern, and then just yeah. And then some Super Bowl first, and then finish up with the Sixers, I think, with the NBA. Some news there. And yeah, I think we're going to get right into Super Bowl to start. We have Chiefs 49ers. Yeah. What's that? What's kickoff? Is it like 6 30? It's probably like 10 o'clock Eastern time. Freaking Sunday night. They could literally do a 3 p.m. They've been riding 3 p.m. games all playoffs. Those are great because noon for other teams. I mean, college football. They have noon games all year long, and everyone gets hyped for them. So six thirty, six thirty. Oh yeah, so that's an easy ten thirty, eleven p.m. finish time. Oh yeah. <clears throat> so well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with start with a pick, and well, we're getting right into picks. Yeah, but this is gonna be more also talk about the game and who I think is gonna win because my okay. pick is gonna be Chiefs money line. Right now they're plus one twenty five. I think there's some value there. I think Mahomes. Is going to get the job done. It feels scary to bet against Mahomes at this point. Um, just his success in the playoffs has really been unmatched, and I still am not a Purdy believer or a believer in that 49ers, you know, team to win the championship and to, you know, bear down in clutch moments to get the job done. Obviously, Chase, you talked about last week, their defense and their linebackers are incredible. So that could be the difference maker, but I can see a – I could see like a 20 to 16 Chiefs dub. Oh, I like that score. Yeah. I feel like it I mean I I you could probably catch me on air last year when we just first started the podcast me um saying how I thought the Eagles Chiefs game was going to be uh lower lower scoring and then that went out the window but the, all throughout the playoffs you've seen a lot of more defensive battles, more punts lately. I don't know. It's been kind of a grit and grind type year, which you would think would favor the 49ers. But obviously the Chiefs just showed last week against the Ravens that they can play in those type of games. And Steve Spagnola can help win those types of games. So do you think it's strictly kind of men with your Chiefs pick? Is it more of the Mahomes over Purdy? Like are you matching up QBs or is it just kind of overall talent and team? Like, do you just believe in Mahomes to win more than Purdy? And is that why you're your picker? Yeah, and I think the combo – I mean, can't deny Andy Reid and just the job he's done with that team mm-hmm. and just being experienced. I mean, there's some young guys on the team, obviously, like Pacheco, Rice, but the bulk of their team has been here before, and they're um, – I think they'll be up for it and ready for the challenge. Did you see that they're in the Raiders' home locker room? <laughs> 
Yeah. Kind of rough. To the Chiefs? Yeah. It's kind of rough. Oh, that's chunky. Yeah. I mean, they have a nice locker room, though. I'm sure it's actually like. <laughs> yeah, but they probably like play the same division. They're probably so salty. The Raiders are probably pissed. Yeah, yes, yeah. the Raiders are probably pissed. Yeah, I mean, for Patrick Mahomes, he's basically owned them, so it's pretty much half his locker room at this point. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I for one like this pick. It's just this is, it's weird that the Chiefs were underdogs last week and. I mean, we're all pissed about it, but it they showed that they shouldn't be. It's just weird to me that they are. I don't know if there's that much money pouring onto the 49ers side. I really wouldn't think there is. So that Vegas must really be high on the Niners. And I just still don't believe in Kyle Shanahan. I don't believe in Brock Purdy. I do think defense and linebackers matter, and it and it could in this game. But I still think we're, we're in the era of football where there's more to overcome that. And I think Isaiah Pacheco he could be kind of the X factor. I think the dude, the dude is a tank. I forget the guy on the Pistons that basically charged LeBron that one game through like everybody in the NBA. But he's that's what Pacheco reminds me of every time he runs. Run our test. No, um, no, it's like Isaiah Stewart or some something, some weird. Oh, they were p- Pistons, dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it happened a couple years ago, but <clears throat> I don't know. I feel like Pacheco could be the X factor. Chiefs are, Chiefs are going to have to do some weird things to win. I'm sad to say, but I'm rooting for the Chiefs because I don't <clears throat> want to get one. But this can lead me to my pick. I think the Chiefs, because of how good the 49ers are on defense, are going to have to get. Um, creative with things and oh we have a couple comments dropping in uh a bar so 15 49ers gonna get it done oh um does anyone agree with that i don't i don't i don't think so i don't think it's possible and oh i mean it's possible i don't think it's gonna happen yeah well i mean i just rewatched their first super bowl matchup and the 49ers did great outside the last like nine or so minutes of the game and then that's when it just all fell apart and they were up in that game and they had a perfect game plan so part of that makes me think if purdy's better than garoppolo maybe they really do have a shot also this was five years ago at this point four or five years ago so the rosters are changed and it's not the same it's it's not going to be the same type of game but i mean they did it then with the same coach and now they definitely have more weapons on the 49er side than what they did then so it makes me wonder if it comes down to the question of is Purdy better than Garoppolo? Is that are you really are you asking that right now? I mean, if he's better than him, I think they have a better shot. I think he's the same. I like that because like I think like you see Garoppolo this year and got taken out of the system in a totally different and how how he played. And Garoppolo was a all he did in San Francisco was win. That's all he did, and that's all Purdy's doing. I think if you take Purdy out of San Francisco, it's the same situation. I don't know. I think it's the same. Yeah, I and, mean, and you saw what they did in the first half with the Lions. I mean, they had a great second half, but if they if they have a first half or even a second half like that against the Chiefs, the Chiefs aren't gonna fold like the Lions did. Yeah, I I appreciate appreciate um a Barso reaching reaching out, and he also dropped a comment saying CMC about to carry. Um, we'll see if I feel like CMC gets hurt mid game every game. 
And yeah, a bunch of comments just just dropping in. But yeah, that that game chase was in 2019. Chiefs won 31 to 20. Different 49ers team for sure because they just ran the ball as much as humanly possible to get there and kind of kind of just stalled out. But you know, same coaches, same systems. Mahomes, a lot of the Chiefs, at least the offense aside, him and Kelsey, same duo there. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of jumping all over the place, but Lindsay, Lindsay Six just dropped the comment. What are the odds of a sketchy penalty no call in the Super Bowl? Almost a hundred percent chance. Yeah, I'd say that's yeah. like a minus two fifty. It's a. I just hope they establish early in the game how they're going to call it and stick with that. That's that I. That's just what always gets me going is when they start not like they don't call much and then they start calling a bunch of stuff in the fourth quarter. So it's like. It's like baseball. If you're going to call like two inches off the plate all game, fine. But if you're going to just start calling it for like the end of the seventh inning, then. Well, if there's a new rule that they propose where the refs leave the field at the two minute mark and then it's just all upstairs reviews. Whoa. I like that. So now you, you can never have that possibility other than like them stepping in upstairs. But I feel like there's less of a hesitancy to pull the trigger as quick. Because yeah. they'll kind of be watching it the same way we are. Yeah. So you mean the, it's more of a, you play at the end of the game without a type of penalty stopping it, unless something's that bad. Yeah, unless it's egregious. Like, there's still a ref on the sideline just to control the clock. And yeah. in like case that. there's, like, obviously the regular two-minute things where they have to review. and But since everything goes upstairs at that point, it's like you should just send the refs upstairs too. Then they can't fuck it up. I like that. That'd be intense. I also don't know at this point in this day and age why they don't have – I know people have talked about it, but why they don't have a chip on the football to, like, properly mark, like, where the ball's been, like, spotted. Like, it seems silly to me yeah. that they don't have anything like that. I will I will say, kind of like base umps in baseball, the refs are really good at spotting the ball. Somehow, some way. I mean, guys are getting up, chucking the balls, you know, all over the place, dropping them celebrating hurry up offense and the refs are still like really on point with that but that's a good point it'd be really convenient if they didn't have to worry about that NFL has enough money they could do that they could figure out that yeah it's not that hard especially like goal lines and stuff to see where the ball gets still in the field yeah Um, that's something they should try out in the um what's the new league now the new spring football league the XFL merger yeah what, what, what do they call it now? The... I don't know. Is it UFL, United Football League? Yeah, I think so. Is that what it became? Yeah, they, they should test it out <laughs> in there. Just like the minors. That's basically what it is. Guys come from there all the time. They should test that out. Yeah. Um, kind of to circle back, we appreciate all, all the shout-outs. Wait, did we even answer Lindsay's question? We basically said there's a good chance it happens. Yeah, I mean, so. it, it's – bound to happen one way or the other where someone's going to talk about a call that either did or didn't get called. Yeah. yeah. I just feel like you can already know. You can just skip to the, the last two minutes of the game and know it's going to be sketchy. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. And a comment dropping in about the NFL being rigged. And obviously that's going to be a topic in sports until I'm sure with forever. It, I'm it's... sure with it being in Vegas too, there's going to be all these conspiracies about the betting. Oh my stuff. Which really shouldn't really matter that much because it's so accessible everywhere that I wouldn't think there's a difference. But Vegas is going to be popping more than it ever has been, ever. 
It's yeah. probably going to be wild. The players like... can't even stay on the strip. <laughs> Classic. Oh, good thing there's no John Jones type players in the NFL <laughs> because you know there would be something happening. Too bad his brother's not still playing. Yeah. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. But we just kind of circle back. Um, I, I wanted to get to my pick. I think Ben and I are going to run ours as a, as a parlay. Oh, yeah. But to kind of back um, – to kind of back Ben's pick here with the Chiefs, the 49ers defense is really good. The Chiefs are going to have to be creative. They're going to have to run the ball more than they want, and they're going to have to throw it to not just Travis Kelsey. I really thought they were going to have to do that to beat the Ravens, so I could be way off on this one. But my pick, I'm going to go Marquez Valdez-Scantling over one and a half receptions. Um, we're pairing this up with the Chiefs' money line. Ben and I are kind of on the same page. Uh, MVS throughout the playoffs had one catch in the wild card round, two catches in the divisional, and two catches in the conference. So he's he's right on that edge. But I think it's going to happen. I mean, obviously he's a deep threat. I just think I don't know if Kadarius Tony is going to be back. I haven't read an update on him um, this past week. Hopefully not for their sake. But yeah, for for our pick's sake. But whether he's back or not, I don't think he's going to be a hundred percent. And I think they're going to have to use more people than just Travis Kelsey and Rasheed Rice. And over one and a half seems like a gimme unless we have some weird injury. Which anytime you're you're betting, especially in big games like this, there's plenty of other factors involved. But I don't know. I'm not too look. I'm not looking forward that much to the Super Bowl and these two teams matching up. But this could put a little extra spice on it. So running with these two picks. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I mean, I I think there could have been a I don't know. I think this game could be worse, but I'm really gonna be interested to see how both the defenses come out and try to match up. And I'm interested I'm more interested to see if the if the Chiefs come out and run back a similar plan to what they did against the Ravens, where they're just gonna go out there, dink and dunk their way, try to tire out the defense and then really start to take some deep shots more than what they did against Baltimore because I don't think that the 49ers back end, like their safeties are as strong as what Baltimore's was. So obviously that would help your pick, Ryan. If if Mahomes is going to go deep, it's probably going to be to MVS. So if they keep everything closed, keep it closed, try to wear out the corners by just having to run up 10 yards every time, I mean, it's going to be tough. And no. no one seems to do any kind of press against the Chiefs, so they could have a lot of free release off the line get on the field but you know on the flip side i want to know what the like what the 49ers what are they gonna do because they have to figure out something to like stop the train yeah that end yeah and the chiefs i think they're uh, i feel like on their end they're probably gonna be fine like really i think if you take out debo especially if he's not fully healthy at this point you probably don't even have to double team him. You can really just focus on Kittle and then stopping McCaffrey. And they're pretty much done after that point. I don't who else is really gonna do a whole lot of damage to you. Yeah. Yeah. My dark horse pick is still Noah Font to score a touchdown. Or I'm sorry, not Noah Font. Noah uh Gray. That's his name. Oh Noah, Noah Gray. Noah Gray. Yeah. Noah Font. The Seahawks tight end. Oh yeah. Yeah. Noah, Noah Gray. Gray. That's your dark horse picking. You didn't even remember his name. That's yeah, sketch. that's how dark it is. <laughs> that is I am kind of feeling a pick for the quarterbacks, though. Yeah. I feel like both of them are just going to try. They're going to, like, 
they're going to be trying to get some passes in. I feel like it's going to be a tip ball interception. And I can see both happening. A pick for for both QBs. You can see. Yeah. I mean, Purdy, you've seen the last couple games. He got picked off in the last two games at once in the Lions and maybe even more than once in the Packers. And but he's had some bad ones. And yeah. And the Chiefs, Chiefs lead the league in batted balls. So if I think if his is going to happen, I could see it just happening at the line of scrimmage. Like one of the tubbies knocks it up, and then one of them comes down with it, like that type oh, style. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if you can bet on that, but Chris Jones is definitely going to have a tip in this game. I could feel it. <laughs> yeah, Purdy's a little bit smaller. Maybe. Chris Jones doesn't even have to jump to block that ball. Yeah, Purdy's minus one fifteen for a pick to have a pick, and minus one hundred five not to. And then Mahomes is reversed, minus 105, two have a pick, minus 115, not two. Yeah. Yeah, I think Mahomes would just be because he's trying, he's just, he's airing it out and it gets like the receiver falls or something like that. But I mean, both of them have been susceptible to picks at different points in crucial games this year. So it's not going to blow me away that, you know, what happened. It's not like Brady where he just has, like, really a lot of control with the way his throws are and the way that people get open. And if it happens, it's just because it was a deflection mostly. But I think that, yeah. like like we are saying, the defenses are both really strong on either side. And I think that they can both just create a turnover. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Do you have a, do you have a favorite to throw in our parlay if one of them were, were to throw a pick? Oh. Or both. I would say party just because, but okay. yeah. I mean, I will gladly throw that into my in my. But I, I could definitely see where it's like he doesn't, but Mahomes does, and you're like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, but yeah, we're excited for the game. I think. Uh, yeah, kind of. Yeah, I mean, it's not the most exciting Super Bowl in recent years. The Chiefs getting this is four and, four and five, five years. They, this is like the Warriors where everyone thought they were just going to basically get tuckered out and not be able to keep winning, and then they have. And I don't know. I don't think that I, going to the big game as much as the Chiefs have playing mid-February the past four to five years is going to slow them down. Well, I, I think they're going to keep trying as much as they can for the next like at least two to three years because I don't know – how long Andy Reid is going to keep coaching. I just feel like he's getting up there and I don't know how long he's going to coach. And as much, even if Mahomes stays, it's going to be a, you know, it's going to be hard once you have a brand new coach in that system to, you know, to do that, even with a talented roster. So yeah. maybe like another two to three years and then they have to replace him with Bill Belichick. And no, I'm just kidding. No. They'll just promote <laughs> Matt Nagy because it's an in, in close hire. Oh, nice. I'll just suck it up real good for about a year and a half. There you go. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, while we, uh, why don't we get into some basketball here? So before we talk NBA, I got a trivia question for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, although it's not an NBA trivia question. It's a college basketball trivia question. Okay. okay. It's just so out of the blue college basketball yeah. trivia question. Well, hey, we are getting close to March Madness. All right. We should give, give so, a few seconds to see if anyone else can guess it yeah. too. All right. We might have to do a. We uh, are getting close to March. Yeah, we might have to do an AFR uh, just bracket and like an AFR um, ESPN like group that anyone can join. Oh, I like that. Oh, actually, have something good 
The yeah. winner should like be and, able to come on our show. Yeah, and the three of us can can put the can make a universal bracket that we semi agree on. Yeah. So. We'll use duck races to decide our entire bracket. I like it. Okay. We can select like, the ones through and then go from there. Yeah. You no, know, no, what you do is you just have you have the opposite of the seed. So you have 16 one seeds, one 16 seed. I like that. And if the 16 duck somehow wins. Like On a one-second race. No, no, no. Know, you might want to. It might get intense. I should do like 20. Like uh, sure, that's fair. Yeah. I figure like 30 duck races in. All right. So the, who? there's one player that leads San Diego State San Diego State all time in assists and single season mark. He's a he's a player that you guys would know. He's in the Hall of Fame. Do you know who that player is? Oh God, San Diego State. Yeah, that leads the assists. Yeah, and he's already in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, he had so, 18 assists in a game for San Diego State 44 years ago today, and he remains the career leader in assists and set the single season mark in 1979-1980. I mean, I'm going to go with the probably the way too obvious guess. I'm going to go John Stockton. Okay. Also, shout out Kawhi. He was an Aztec yeah. as well. I will say it's a bit of a trick question. I know. it. When you said San Diego State, I was like, wow, the only person I know is Kawhi. Yeah, it's the only guy I could think <laughs> yeah. of. And they had that, they had that dude with – um. The short point guard with the long hair. I feel like I remember him balling out there too, but I can't remember his name. All right. Is that it? You want me to tell you? Chase didn't even guess. I, I don't even know. All right. okay. Tony Gwynn. A Tony Gwynn? What? what? He's in the Hall of Fame. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> he played basketball? Yeah. Did he what play did on he their play? baseball? He played baseball and basketball there? Did he play the basketball? What was that? Was he just the actual basketball? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I mean, I'm assuming he played baseball. He had played baseball there, too. So he anyway, went at 18 assists in a collegiate Division One basketball game. Yeah, and he still leads the team all time. What the heck? That's actually crazy. He would yeah, just get I the ball and literally just pass it right back to somebody. Yeah, and playing a winner, playing. Playing a winner and spring sport, like two sports is popular, but it's a lot of times it's like football and baseball. Basketball goes into baseball season. Or he was, do you know, he was actually drafted really in 1981, although that was when they had a fuck ton of a uh, bunch of rounds. That's when they had like six or seven rounds in the NBA draft. Yeah. That was only two, but yeah. still. Yeah. He played four years. Yeah. San Diego State, all four years. That is insane. Yeah. Did they make the tournament any of those? I was going to say, did they have any good know. runs? I have to look. His junior year, he was 11 points and eight, eight assists a game, and then nine and basically he averaged like nine and six for his yeah, career. traditional point guard. Yeah. yeah. He was probably more of a game manager. He was more of a Brock <laughs> I'd have to look during that time to see if San Diego State ever. Oh yeah, you gotta. That's a deep dive down the rabbit hole. That is a deep dive. Because I don't even know how you figure out if they made the tourney or not, off the top of my head. That's crazy. I would have never thought. Where'd you find that out? They did not. It was a set on Twitter. They did not make the tournament during his time, even though one year they went twenty nine and still didn't make it. 
But anyway, sidetrack. So let's talk NBA. Trade deadline coming up. You want to get in the Sixers first or get some trade deadline stuff? In? Yeah, I mean, honestly, the weirdest thing I just saw was Ricky Rubio recently retired from the NBA. We talked about uh, the magician being on a bajillion different teams. Good, good, uh, immaculate, great guy, by the way. He <laughs> just signed a contract with Barcelona. So I like it. He still could have been an NBA caliber, caliber player, but now he's just falling out over there probably i heard he had some mental things he was fighting through yes yeah he, he did he did go through that so maybe he just wanted a lesser he wanted to play basketball but on a lesser scale but just just a weird side note but yeah we can get unfortunately into the 76ers chase and i know we talked about it on um saturday but they didn't know how the treatment was going to go well we found out shortly after he was going to need a procedure on his um, meniscus tear, and he got it done. Uh, reevaluated in four weeks it is the latest on him, and basically, it's—I mean, the door is still open for him to turn, him to return in the regular season, but it's—it's it's definitely sketchy. Ben made a comment before the show saying it seems like Embiid always gets something around this time of year, and maybe it's just the amount of time his body all the hard weight he's been putting it through. Um, but it's just depressing, especially a year like this where they – like it's basically him and Maxi are the big one-two punch, and they need both those guys out there. They've lost six of seven now without him, not to mention the injury bug in general, which has just destroyed the Sixers this year, and we can get into that in a second. But the MB thing is just super depressing. I don't even care about the MVP. I don't care about All-NBA. But they need him out there. And the biggest concern now is, one, I don't want him to be forced back. Like, I don't want him to, like, rush back just to try to ramp up for the playoffs or anything like that and get more hurt. But also, it's just the chemistry is going to die. Even if he is fully healthy going into the first round, not playing for the last two, two and a half months is, as the best player on the team, it's going to hurt. So just, just <clears throat> devastating news as a Sixers fan. Yeah, I agree. It's definitely not the news you wanted to hear. But I'm trying to think of the positives, and it could be good because now if they can just pick up a backup center of somebody, even if it's Drummond, they at least can just get by with somebody. And I still feel like they have enough talent to block, to make the playoffs, and maybe it'll be a better thing to be a little bit lower of a seed, just get somebody in the first round and, like – you know, hopefully Embiid, maybe if he isn't even playing at the end of the year, just practicing more. So at least he's still with the guys and keeping up a level. Then just come back in, get a, uh, you know, maybe not like a two or three seed matchup, but a four is a, like, I don't know, I guess that's okay, depending on who you're going up against. But, um, you know, maybe that'll just be enough to get him back into shape and get ready for the second round and try to get out of the second round for the first time and, forever yeah yeah i feel like outside of the celtics bucks first round you feel like you go into the series with a solid chance not that you don't yeah. have against those two but even like the Cavs sitting up at this two hole right now if you were the seven seed playing the Cavs as a two like i i would yeah. feel confident you guys could win that series i think yeah. the Sixers have a chance to win the year any series without Embiid. i believe in nick nurse that much more than doc that 
I think if you don't get the Celtics or the Bucks, they would legitimately have a chance still to win the series. Yeah. Without Embiid. But not that I'm going to be pressing that. I mean, best case scenario is Embiid feels great after a month. He comes back with like a couple of weeks left in the regular season. They ramp him up and he's ready to go. But just goes for, I don't know, the NBA, just the four seven game series in the playoffs alone, like, I'll just never forget the Jamal Murray comment from like 2017 where he's like, oh yeah, I feel like the healthiest team's going to win the NBA championship this year. It's like, dude, every year it's like that. Like it's just yeah, it's frustrating when you're leaning on these big guys that are just prone. I mean, we've seen it over and over again with Anthony Davis and beats not the only one that goes through this, but Jamal Murray's living rent free in your head, isn't he? <laughs> oh yeah. Um, good thing. The thing that sucks most of them beat is like some of these injuries haven't been his fault. Like it's just people running into him, stepping on him, taking elbows to the face. It's like stuff that is a little bit out of his control, but it is crazy. It happens always right before the playoffs or like it's going to affect the first round. Like I don't know if Embiid's ever been healthy going straight into the playoffs. Like just finishing out a year and being like, yeah. Being healthy for our standards. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I want a question for you guys because I know the Jonathan Kaminga thing. I mean, people can say whether they think it's dirty or not. Either way, it happened. Um, I want to know because of this 65 game thing, Embiid obviously wasn't 100% when he was out there in that Golden State game. Do you think, because regardless of winning MVP or being all NBA team, there's other bonuses to that money-wise. Like, there's a lot of money you can lose out if you don't get that. Do you think there was any bit of that playing into a factor of why MB was out there in that Golden State game? Because he was obviously nursing the knee before the injury happened, and the Kaminga landing on it put it over the edge. Do you guys yeah. have any belief in that 65-game rule playing a factor on why MB was out there? It's been a I, topic of discussion all year with NBN. I don't think so. Okay. Only because I think I would hope Embiid at least is aware enough of his body and he wants to win enough to know that he's not going to risk his season to go out there if he doesn't feel like he can. Uh, I mean, I'm sure that's in the, the back of his mind, but based on what I've heard from him and at least what I believe of him as a player, I think he's genuinely trying to help the Sixers win. So, yeah, yeah, I don't. I think it's more just because it's the regular season, you're just trying to grind out and just get those minutes. Because I mean, he's been in and out of the lineup all year, so I feel like they're just trying to make up for a little bit of lost time, and maybe that's why he was out there and not so much just the fact it's more routine type thing. But yeah, I don't. I mean, I think it could be 50-50. It could be partially why. And then the other half was just Embiid wanting to be out there too. Yeah. Like they could be wanting to rest him, and maybe he's the overruling and wants to play. So, yeah. yeah, could be. But in the long run too, hopefully all this time and mixing and matching all season that Nick Nurse has done just makes the team even better. And unlike Doc, now Nick Nurse knows who he can go to in certain situations and – not just going to have to rely on one guy to do one thing. And if that guy doesn't do it, the whole plan falls apart. So maybe, like, I know it sucks and I want him to be healthy, but just trying to find, like, some nuggets of what good can come from having this much time out from your premier players. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they've been destroyed by the injury bug this year. I, I agree with both you guys, by the way, to answer to answer your question, uh, my own question. I, I agree with both the comments you guys made, but it just stinks overall. I mean, DeAnthony Melton's another starter. He's not going to play this week, so he's it'll be 13 straight games. He's out. Batum's missed five straight games now. He's been in and out of the starting lineup, if not, you know, top one or two guys off the bench. Robert Covington hasn't played since 2023 with a bone bruise. And I know he was a fringe guy, but he was at the end, Chase. I know you're not a huge fan. Maybe he'll be involved in a deal at the deadline. Um, who knows? But they've just been, you know, Kelly Oubre obviously got hit by the car in the beginning of the year. Tyrese Mackey, Maxey and Tobias Harris have missed time, and they don't usually miss time. So it's just they've been destroyed. It's usually like with the MB thing kind of everyone expects, but it's been everything else that's probably been – even harder for Nick Nurse to deal with. Um, I mean, Melton is solid three and D guy in your starting lineup. Thirteen games, you're pushing a month at that point. Um, you know who's healthy right now, though? Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is healthy. He got a warm welcome by the Philly faithful. Um, Loki shut down Maxi though, which I was really salty about. Maxi shot like eight for twenty three that game. Granted, oh. Embiid wasn't playing, but oh. Simmons also yeah. had zero points. Uber also, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't – Ben Simmons can shut down my toilet. He's not scoring the points, so I don't care. <laughs> I think he had zero points again. I legitimately think he did. He had, like, his oh, class yeah. of, like, so nine rebounds. Good job, Ben Simmons, on your multi-max deal, shutting down people for zero dollars. You're basically P.J. Tucker now. He would be – he would have been good on that Nets team if he was healthy and everyone else could score, like, the combined – like, on the Suns right now, if he was on the team and healthy, where you have Beal, Durant, and – um. Booker just scoring like 90 yeah. to 100 a game and then having him shut down someone. The Mavs. Instead of yeah. putting like Dwight Powell out there, you put Ben Simmons. Yeah. The Mavs could – yeah. not that anyone's going to take Ben no. Simmons, but – No, I'm just kidding. No. But yeah. I wanted to circle back because obviously the trade deadlines this Thursday, um, Jason, to your point, um, talking about a big guy. They have Paul Reed right now who's – he's more of a four – He's a stretch five. I, I like him. I think he'll still play. Obviously, Mo Bamba, this is why they brought him in a lot more time for him, and he's been um, doing a decent job. <clears throat> but um, the biggest thing that they were looking at was another backup center. Andre Drummond was a big one on the Sixers a few years ago. I loved him. I know you know you liked him. The, everyone in our family was a big Andre Drummond fan. I wish they would have re-signed him more than the one-year deal. I saw the other name that's being thrown around is Kelly Olenek, which I absolutely oh, hate. Yeah. I do not need him on the team. And just ever since he pulled Kevin Love's shoulder out of his socket, I've just n- never liked the guy. And True. Did Kelly Olenek play on the Raptors? Is that why they're trying to make the connection? Uh, that's a good question. Because I'm like, I'm also wondering who Nick Nurse has had that's a big man that's like maybe possibly available, but I can't think of anyone. Jakob Pertl. Okay. Yeah. If they got a two for a deal and brought in him and Kelly Olenek, I would throw up. <laughs> that's Pertl, uh, I mean, he's he's okay as a, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I, not really moving my needle. Basically, <laughs> basically, they just get drumming. Uh, everyone's cool with it. I feel like Drummond, he feels like a modern-day NFL running back to me. Like, big guys get shafted sometimes in the NBA, but he's been out there. He's healthy. I know he can't really shoot, but 
he's had plenty of 2020 games throughout his yeah. career and he's he's a solid player and he he's he's been, a great locker room guy and I, I would i would love him back and that's about and that's a pr- prime move and especially in a year where this could be like the most dead nba trade deadline i mean something might change in the next day and a half but Otherwise, it'll be probably the most dead in 10 to 15 years. I've never seen the NBA trade deadline like this. There hasn't been a move since February 1st. If, um, if you knew earlier, you could have tried to – I mean, like Steven Adams would have been a nice like piece you could plug in there. Obviously, yeah. he just got traded to the Rockets. I feel, I like Steven Adams cause, just because he's kind of a gritty player. Was he out for the year, though? Oh, Steve yeah. He, Adams. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Oh, is he? Actually, I think you're oh, right, hey, Paulie. Yeah, don't mind me. I have a special in studio guest. But I went to the so I went to the Raptors, was looking at them, and Jakob Pertle is starting at center, so that's probably the connection. Oh, but okay. I was just noticing that you still, honestly, you could get like a Thaddeus Young reunion, and he's still getting oh, like, still getting 20 minutes a game down there, and maybe the Raptors would throw an Otto Porter and see what you get yeah. with him because yeah. Otto Porter hasn't. He's averaging like two points a game. He's not getting any time in that rotation at all. And maybe they'll just, if the Sixers are willing to eat a little money, you might get some spark and some points. Yeah. yeah I mean, Otto Porter was on the, the Warriors team two years ago that won the title. He's not that old either. He's like 30. Yeah. No. He'd be like a yeah. little Chandler who contributed to the Sixers a few years ago. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, I'm, okay, I'm okay with any any of those guys as long as they don't shake anything up too too crazy you should be able to get them reasonable like those two for example you can't imagine they would cost much yeah you could probably swap or like a bunch of second round picks and like a player yeah yeah i was looking at the knicks sorry go ahead chase oh no yeah you're good i was gonna say i was looking at the knicks and potential for them and i don't want them to do anything crazy either but someone like boat like bogdanovich on the pistons like some another is that bojan or bogdan i think it's bojan okay there's bojan Someone on which Bogdanovich. <laughs> I was trying not to say the first name because I wasn't on her. You're, you're right. You're right. But I think it's Bojan. It's Bojan. Um, I think someone like him, I mean, they've been talking about Burks, but I don't really want him back. I don't know. I know he's he's still over, like, he can still shoot the three ball well, but that's kind of a lot of what they have already. They don't need that more. Like, so they, and I keep seeing they want to make it, they want to keep some of the guys like hard because they want to package heart someone else for like a superstar in the summer or something. Oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. Such a go. Knicks move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like a solid like heart. Like those are, that's a great player, great role, like dog type player. I got Josh Hart is one of those guys. I just love to have on the team. Yeah. He's not ever yeah. like, He's not going to ever score like 30, but he's going to fill up the stat sheet. Like every game, he's going to hustle every game. Yeah. You need those players to win. That's like, why I hated. Mar- I hate Marcus Smart, but I respect that's like the way he plays. And, yeah, I, I, I like Marcus Smart more than Draymond. Well, but okay. yeah, but I guess it's kind of obvious. But yeah, no, I agree. I think we both just wanted people who are going to come in and do the right thing. Like I know Drummond. If they brought him back, all I need him to do is just get a bunch of rebounds, block a few shots, and then your night's good. Like you made your paycheck, and like and all these players is just like just have a role and be able to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the only other thing the Sixers were looking at was maybe like a backup point guard to, to Maxi, but I, I don't know. I still think they have enough options off the bench, and Pat Beverly has done a decent enough job as the backup point guard, more of a game manager, which I'm fine with. And 
Just, just nothing too crazy. I mean, they have slid to the fifth spot. Um, personally, I know the Knicks are obviously, you know, trending upwards. Nine and one in the last ten. They're in the four seed right now. But the Sixers on this current slide, knowing that they still might try to make a small deal to be in win this season mode. Like there are some people that think that they legitimately should just shut and be down, call it a season and run it back next year. I kind of like that. There's still the Sixers organization is not like giving up. I mean, I don't know if that's Nick nurse, if that's above him, but I'm for it. I think the team is competitive and, you know, obviously, if Embiid's not healthy enough, don't bring him back. But what about like Vucevic? Would he cost a lot? Shouldn't want to trash Levine's out for the year and balls out for the year. And I want to be back. He started his career in the Sixers, you know. Be good. Yeah, that's true. And they picked him over Spencer Hawes. Great decision. Well, Spencer Hawes. Yeah. Yeah, Hawes went to the Hornets and did nothing. Yeah, because Doug Collins didn't have a great time coaching Vucevic. But he could coach Spencer Hawes better. Yeah. That was essentially the whole reason why they shipped out Vucevic. Yeah. That's cool. No. I mean, you don't think they should like shut down that beat, right? I forgot I was going to ask that to either of you guys. I mean, they have to reevaluate and see. In four weeks, if, if it's a no go, it's a no go. But I feel like the fact they said two months, I was like, this is not that bad. Like, two months is a long time, but if they would have said, like, out for the year or, you know, I mean, two months is pushing it, but yeah, I was like, I feel like it could have been way worse, though. Yeah. The timeline. Yeah. I mean, because for me, if it's a month of just recovery and then another month of just, like, ramping them back into stuff, I'm like, that. I would take that all day. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, and in any sport ever, my least favorite thing is season-ending injuries. I love when there's at least some type of hope and consideration for them to make it back, regardless of how bad it is. And I'm with you. At least ride it out. We have a month. Hopefully, Melton, Batum, some of the other guys can come back, depending on what they do at the trade deadline. They can just hang in there, try to get as many – stack up as many wins as possible as the Knicks have been doing, and – Hope that MB can come back. Yeah. All right. Well, should we uh, should we get into an immaculate grid? I have one baseball trivia for you guys. Yeah. Okay. Well, was this actually baseball, or was it going to be like Shabazz Napier is the answer? Because he had a uh, bunt single. Yeah. No, it's it's not it's not really a um this is not really a trivia, but it was a stat from Codify that I saw on Twitter. It was like a month ago, and I keep forgetting to talk about it. Um. So Bartolo Colon who holds an MLB record of most swung. So he has swung at 610 pitches during his big league career, and his helmet has only stayed on for 27 of the 610 pitches that he swung at. That's insane. Why did they just have her put a chin strap on his helmet? <laughs> I don't know. Just... How has that happened? Because he swings. He's just so obnoxious with his swing. It's ridiculous. Wait, is that the? Was there a question, or was it just? No, that's that... it. I just. Oh, for some reason, I thought it was going to be like I had to answer something. No, it's an MLB record that's probably not going to be broken. No, they don't make them like that anymore. What's the no. percent? What's the percent? Can you? I don't know. You got a phone. Bartolo Colon's body just reminds me of like an old Nokia brick phone. How many yes. at-bats was it? 610? 610 at-bats. 
And his helmet stayed on for only 27 of those 610 at bats. Literally 95 and a half percent of the time. He swings 95% chance his helmet's coming off. That's an all time. <laughs> that doesn't even make sense. That's not safe. How did no one like how did no one say anything or stop him? That's so dangerous. It's ridiculous. Well, it's just like if you're thinking about time and speeding up the game, Bartolo Colon must have been slowing it down because his helmet would pop off and he would just slump over and pick that thing up, pop it back on his head, stand in there, swing, pop off again. Yeah. Like how many times yeah. would that happen in a single at bat? Yeah. Yo, Chase, that that's a great idea for for any MLB guys who are trying to slow down their at bat. You just yeah. when you go up when you go up, maybe you're up like two o three o, and you plan it on swinging no matter what. You know, have your helmet loosen the off. lid. Yeah, loosen the lid, and well, you buy yourself more time if you don't connect. Yeah, have that puppy pop off, and then you got you got you get to reset easily. The ref's not going to be. Not going to be on you about the pitch yeah. clock. Like, that's yeah, an that's equipment nice. failure. Yeah. Like, outside of just like having the bat slip out of your hands, I don't know how much more time you could waste that during an at bat. Well, that's a good one. That's a good one. But you don't want to go into the stadium. Yeah. Yeah. The helmet off affects nobody. Exactly. We appreciate everyone. If you're still watching, if you're still listening, if you stuck by us this long, we greatly appreciate it. It's fun for us to do this episode 51. Next year, next week will be one full year as far as weeks are concerned. So, yeah. Dang. But we will, uh, yeah. We'll see you guys next week after the Super Bowl, I guess. Yeah. All right. Later.